brought to you by CGTN Europe. Welcome to the Agenda podcast. I'm Stephen Cole. Recently, environmental issues have shot to the top of many political agendas around the world. It's no longer a fringe issue that few are passionate about. Now, looking after the environment has become one of the most talked about issues of our time. In this episode, I'll be talking to an expert from the World Wildlife Foundation about the impact of the wildfires that have devastated Australia in late 2019. But first, I visited Kew Royal Botanic Gardens in London to talk to Professor Alexandra Antonelli, a specialist on biodiversity, about the importance of protecting our natural resources. Climate change stories are often filled with gloom and doom, but conservation stories tend to be a bit more positive. Do you find people engage more with conservation? I think so. I think there is a direct connection to biodiversity and the environment, uh, which makes people see the results of their actions. So, you know, if you preserve a, a bit of forest, for instance, it is there, you can see it. And that's the same with uh, animals, with birds that you can feed in your garden, with the plants you cultivate in your garden as well. Whereas with climate change, it's a bit perhaps um, harder to see the direct uh, results of your, of your actions. The trouble is, it's a bit nebulous, isn't it? You can you can engage with an animal or a plant. Exactly, so it's more concrete, I think, to see the, the species in front of you. But that said, I do think that people are actually more engaged in climate change than, it, than they are in conservation, which, in my mind, uh, carries a risk as well. A risk of what? I think the risk is to concentrate too much on climate change without acknowledging uh, what's happening in the environment, and especially on the words biodiversity. We're talking very much about the temperatures rising, but at the same time, we're experiencing one of the worst mass extinctions of species on the planet since about 66 million years ago. And it's very important that the actions we make now to revert climate change are also beneficial to the environment. You said biodiversity, it's a phrase often used. What does it mean? So biodiversity is the diversity of life on Earth. It's about the, the species we see, uh, from the top of the mountains to the bottom of the sea, uh, from the tropics to the Arctic. It's about the variation of genes, of functions, what species do in the ecosystems. It's about this amazing diversity of life on this planet that has been a very conspicuous feature of Earth for billions of years. And it's all linked, isn't it? It's all linked. We, it's not about something that's, that's happening somewhere down in the tropics or in another part of, of the planet. It's really something that we all benefit from and depend on, actually. So we're all dependent on plants and fungi for, for our survival, really. Uh, everything we wear, uh, our clothes, our food, about 80% of all the medicines we use, they all come from plants and fungi. So it's very important that we keep this diversity for the future as well, to really protect ourselves, but also the future and health of the planet. What's the main conservation focus here at the Botanical Gardens at Kew? Who are you working with as well? So at Kew, we are working with over 110 different countries and about 400 institutions worldwide. And our work is really about understanding what's out there. How many species are there of plants and fungi? Where they occur? And what is the threat they may be facing today? And we know from this work that about one in five plant species, so 20%, which is somewhere around 70,000 different plant species, are now threatened to go extinct in the next decades. And this is really about a question of priorities. Which areas and which species 
should we invest our resources in order to safeguard biodiversity for the future. So what are those 70,000 threatened by? So the biggest threat to the world species today is caused by land use. So conversion of forests, grasslands, natural habitats for cultivation of crops, for growing beef uh, that is then exported to Asia, Europe, North America. And this is really what's causing the highest uh, amount of species going extinct. We're seeing that, for instance, in the rainforests of South America, Africa, Southeast Asia, but we're also seeing that in our backyard, where many wetlands, for instance, and grasslands are being affected by conversion of land to do something else. So it could be growing cities, but also cultivation of food. If you don't stop that decline, what will happen? It's a very good question and a difficult one, difficult one to answer as well, because we know that we all depend on plants and fungi, uh, on biodiversity to exist. And we also know that species, they have their own value in the ecosystems, what, what kind of functions they're doing, uh, what their roles are. Uh, we think that without the diversity of, uh, of species on the planet, this could be really undermining our chance of uh, long-term existence on the planet. That is a very heavyweight answer, Professor. You're talking about our long-term existence. It is. We know that, for instance, uh, if you would cut down the Amazon, we've lost about 17 to 18% of the forest now. And our mathematical models predict that after 20 to 25% of forest, the whole system would probably collapse and transform into a savanna-like habitat. And that would cause, uh, in turn, a major uh, rise in temperatures and aridity, so much less rain uh, that would in turn affect tens of millions of people on the continent and their water supply. So it's really about um, our own existence and the ecosystem services that those species provide. The Australian bushfires are one of the most devastating ecological disasters of recent times. At least 27 million acres have been burnt and more than a billion animals have died. To try and understand the full extent of the ecological damage, I spoke to Dr Stuart Blanche from World Wildlife Fund Australia. And I began by asking him how these fires compared to those of the past. Yes, these are the biggest, worst fires in Australia's recorded history. We've never seen anything on this scale, this intensity and this destruction. It's hard to estimate the number of animals uh, that have been killed. Your own figure is over a billion animals. What impact is that going to have on, on the ecosystem and biodiversity in the country? I think it will take decades for our wildlife to recover in the burnt areas. And conservation scientists are saying that some species which are already endangered will probably be tipped into extinction in the wild. And some species such as koalas, uh, I estimate their numbers in eastern Australia in the burnt area could have fallen by perhaps a half or maybe even much more. We don't really know. Uh, but what I do know is when I walk into a burnt forest, uh, it's quiet. There's no animals. And it's uh, like a bomb went off. It's like we're in a war zone and our wildlife have been decimated. The Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, um, has been talking about climate change uh, and... Um a fair bit of uh, climate change uh, denial rhetoric, especially at COP25 in Madrid. Has that hurt your cause, hurt the cause of conservation? Well, I think these fires are a wake-up call for 
the Prime Minister and people down. Um, I think in the future it will be impossible for a leader, a minister, a leader of our governments to um, not take uh, climate change more seriously because of these fires which have come on the, year, on the back of years of drought. And I, maybe I'm looking for uh, some bright news amongst the, the catastrophe that we're experiencing now. And if it means that our Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition and our Federal Parliament realise they've got to do much better on climate change, then there might be some upside because the terrible irony is that uh, we are partly responsible for burning our own forest and wildlife because Australia is such a large producer, I think the world's largest or second largest exporter of uh, thermal coal and liquefied natural gas. And that's the carbon intense fossil fuels that climate scientists are saying we need to stop very rapidly using and transition to renewables. So we need an energy transition. And uh, the irony is Australia has so much sunlight and wind, we could power Australia and a lot of the world if we uh, used our technology, our money, our smarts, our passion, our commitment to transition from coal to renewables. And export that to particularly to Asia where there's so much demand for energy and energy poverty. So I think the Prime Minister has been very scarred by this. I think he's been hurt. Certainly the news poll data show he's been very much wounded. And I hope whether it's him or any of our leaders realise this is not a game. This is not politics. This is not uh, incremental change. We as a, as a country and a world have to rapidly stop using fossil fuels. And we we unfortunately think that the Australian bushfires coming on top of the Siberian bushfires, the Swedish bushfires, the Portuguese bushfires, the Amazonian bushfires are pushing reluctant politicians and business leaders and bankers to start hastening their transition uh, to a renewable future. And if that happens, you know, our forests, our koalas might just stand a chance. And that brings us to the end of another edition of The Agenda. Remember to like and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. The Agenda with Stephen Cole airs every Saturday on CGTN.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, remember to listen to more quality content at Europe.CGTN.com. most interesting questions. Are there other living beings beyond Earth? Will man or machine be in charge? Great question. Always have more than one answer. Well, hold on. Uh, let me just draw up a list. And always come from more than one person. That's where the credibility lies. The concept of having a machinery which is alive and evolving didn't wait for us. The end of inequality of incomes and wealth around the world. Can you imagine how difficult that is at the moment to achieve? Every episode, Stephen Cole, Murray Beveridge and some of the brightest minds out there shed light on the answers to some of the most intriguing questions. There are two ways of looking at this. Machines can't really discriminate between civilian and military targets. The Answers Project. Maybe we need to just look at this in a bit more detail. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. The Answers Project, a new podcast from CGTN Europe.